day, the very last day of Modern Family, we have to end with teens. And so my teenagers, all three of them, I love them to death. There's a lot of stuff up here. I love them to death. They're all different, right? But you know what? God gave me some, some beautiful kids. So it's funny how God works out things where the modern fam- modern family ends right here at teens, and then we're going to start with Luke next week. And we're going to start hardcore in Luke for the summer, and you guys are going to enjoy it. it uh, it's always good to get back into to just hearing the stories of Luke. So that's what will be next week. But this week, we are now in teens. So I want to tell you this right now. How many teenagers do we have in here? Raise your hand. Okay. We've got a couple that act like teenagers, so that's good. That counts, right? I don't count you. (laughs) But anyways, guys, teenagers, they're crazy beans. I I love every single one of them. I I thought at a certain point in my life it would get easier because I said they're going to be like many adults. And they're going to be super mature. And they're going to, like, not poop their pants. And they're not going to, like, cause craziness in the house. And they're never going to fight. Right? And then then we move on and we went to the baseball practices. And we said, all right, this craziness is going to get over when they get to drive. They're going to get their own jobs. They're not going to have, we're not going to have to pay for gas. $60 later in the gas tank. They're young adults, right? Teenagers. They're just, they're young adults. They're, 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 they're mini me's and mini Jessica's. And we're hoping that we're pointing them in the right direction. So the message that we have for you guys today is not me standing up here and preaching down at you guys saying that we are a perfect parents and we are a perfect family. Listen, Christian is my oldest and I'm so glad that, that God gave me Christian first. Not because I don't love Kaylin and Raya. It's because Christian is a little bit more like me than laid back. And he kind of takes a little bit more onto his shoulders and understands that the conversation that him and I had a while ago was, you're the oldest, deal with it. Unfortunately, guys, he's my crash test dummy. Okay? Me and Jessica have made some mistakes already, but we're learning. We're, we're, we're learning in this, called, this thing called life. All right? So, Kalen, by the time it gets to you, you cannot do anything. You can't date boys. And you can't, and you can't, what? Amen. Okay, you just said amen. So no dating boys. Not until you're, what, 28, 28, 30? That's what your your rule is, right? So James's rule for his daughter is he can't date and marry until you're 30. So I think that feels good for me, so that way it's safe. Ryan, you're just crazy. I love you. (laughs) No, I'm going to get into a little bit more with you guys a little bit later about them, but what I'm going to go over to you is this. I'm going to try to relate it to everybody that's sitting, sitting in this room. That it's not just about the teenagers of today, but it's about what God has formed for us and made us into be as adults from our teenage years. So I'm going to kind of bring it from that point of view. But what I want to start out with this is the world's point of view of what they say about you. They gave us titles. How many baby boomers do I have in here? Don't be scared. I'm going to be a ba- I'm going to be that age one of these days, but I'll still be called Generation X, right? Baby Boomer, right? What they say about baby boomers is, is that they were the hippie children, right? Right? The, they started a new age of music. 
they started they started a way of protesting in peace but ended up always in not so much peace right a generation that changed something but i didn't hear anything positive out of that let me move on and now this is where it comes into my family we have three different generations in my family i'm the oldest one i'm a generation x then my wife goes down to a millennial and then my kids are now all in generation z let me give you a little explanation what they say about me in generation x it says mtv generation the x in their name refers to the generalization of desires not to be defined so what they're telling me is is that i have no title i'm just an x i'm just whatever i want to be i'm just nothing my generation x is we don't know what to call you that's the world's point of view let's hear what they say about millennials because of their disobedience uh, i'm sorry their dependence on technology they are said to be entitled and narcissistic narcissistic I could I couldn't I could say it the first time in the first service. Sorry, Jessica. I'm just I, it's I'm not it's not me saying it. There's a lot more millennials in this room than we think, so we're not going to go there. All right. And the last one is my my kids' generation. Generation Z, born between 2001 and 2013, now 16, 18. Holy cow. Are uh, suspected to be the most individualistic and technology dependent in generation ever. They're not even giving them any credit, my my kids' generation. They said they're going to be nothing if it comes down to if there's no technology. They're going to be so dependent on it that they won't know what to do with each other. They won't know what to do with another person if there's no technology. They're going to be so focused on nothing but themselves. Isn't that crazy what the world thinks? That's the world giving us titles. But I'm telling you this right now. The reason why I wanted to bring that up to you is because every generation kind of formed us to be who we are. Okay? In those generation years, in your high school years, I'm going to consider like 7th, 8th grade, all the way straight through high school, is when we start becoming from a, bite, from a baby to a child to a man or to a woman. But in the high school years, that's where we became us. But that was the way that they formed, and they say it, is not in God's way. So let me get you there. Point number one, identifying who God made you. We're going to go to Jeremiah 1, 4 through 5. Now the word of the Lord came to me saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. My word is so true. The Bible is so true. In any of that that I told you about what the world thinks about our generations, did he talk? Of, did they talk about... God's plan for you? The world sees you as just another thing. Just another somebody that took over 
just some space and some air for a little bit. But God has a different plan for the teenagers and for you. Even before you were a thought in your mom and dad's womb, even before they thought about doing mommy and daddy things and you were born, God had a plan for each and every one of you. Each and every one of you were given personalities and were given gifts before you were even a thought in your parents' minds. Some of you may not have both parents. Some of you may have been adopted. At that point, God knew everything that He had planned for you. There was something in a plan set in place. He had already said, Jessica, you're going to be a pastor's wife and you're going to look so good doing it. God knew that we were going to have three. We didn't know that we were going to have three. If I had my plans, we were going to have about 16 of those little munchkins. And then Jessica said, no, I want one. And so God settled at three. But in saying that, each one of my kids are so individual, no matter how they act, I couldn't spake it out of them. I couldn't get that out of him. You want to know why? Because God gave him that personality and those gifts. Raya, he's a talker. He'll talk your ear off. He's going to be a salesman one of these days. He's going to be a great pastor, right? (laughs) Christian, he's laid back. But you know what? He's got a heart of gold. Kaylin, she can cook. She's going to make a good... She's going to make a wife of a husband one day. I'm just playing. Kaylin's got her individual gifts of how she can work with a kid and a child and get her to be able to say, you know what? I'm going to let you melt in my arms. They all have individual gifts, but some of them are the same too. You know, when I was younger, Jessica and I were younger, and we were doing this thing called life, and we were trying to, trying to lead them in the right direction. Sometimes we would be like, no, you can't do that or say that and act that way. Which is true, don't do it in Walmart. But, but, but in saying that, God gave every one of you guys as adults something when you were children to make you where you are today in your workplace. So to be a leader, you have to have a certain kind of attitude. To be a worker, you have to have a certain kind of attitude. To be a leader worker, you have to be, you know what I mean? But at the end of the day, God has given everybody that gift. He said, you know what? Jeremiah, I have given you the gift of prophecy. And you didn't even know it. So what I'm going to do is the, just move on to the second part. second part is this. It's supposed to be the quote of the day, but I don't know if it made it to the computer. I'm going to do this and act like it's up there. There is no age on God's calling. And this is also point number two. There is no age on God's calling. Jeremiah 1, 6 through 8, it says, Then I said, Ah, God, behold, I do not, uh, I don't know how to speak, for I am only a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I'm only a youth, for to all of whom I send you, 
you shall go. And wherever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and I deliver you, declares the Lord. Jeremiah is going to be one of my first examples of a teenager in the Bible. I say teenager youth, that's in the same range, okay? And Jeremiah was having this conversation with God that most of us adults wish that we had. And he said, listen, this whole, this whole scripture that I'm going through was the conversation between him and God. Listen, I made you a, a prophet to the nations. You don't have to worry about it. Before everything was done, I've already said that. I've already got my plans in place. You know, God and I have these conversations. It, was kind of, it goes kind of like what Jeremiah's was. Hey, God, I want to know what I need to do. I've already told you. What do you mean? Well, you know, yeah, God, I, what do you mean you told me? And he goes, stupid. God calls me stupid all the time, so I'm, a, I'm allowed to say that. And he, and he says, stupid. I've already told you three times what I've called you to do. So just go do it. I've set a plan in place. I've already have a path set in place. There's already been a plan written in the book before my mom, Patty, had you. My mom had me. How about that? Ethan, you were already formed and you were already made to be a pastor in Texas, even though that you were from New York, right? I had a plan for you to come to Texas to be a pastor. That was already set in stone. How cool is that? I'm going to give you some more examples. Samuel. Samuel was a miracle baby. As a young man, he listened to God's voice and became an agent of change in the corrupt culture. Next guy. This one I'm going to harper on a little bit because he's one of my favorite characters. David. Who's heard of David before? Everybody raise their hand if they've ever heard of David. Right? God, after God's own heart. But do you know where David started? He started in a pasture as a, as a young kid. He, he started out herding sheep. And as he was herding sheep, he was talking to God the whole time. Not crying because I don't have internet. Or not crying because I didn't get the next coolest thing. I didn't get to go on Fortnite and kill somebody. You know, it was one of those things where... It it was one of those deals where David sought God in everything that he did. So as he was a shepherd, he humbled himself enough and be able to talk to God. And I'm sorry, guys, if I'm spitting on you on the second row. I'm just excited. God said, since you're so humble now, I'm going to give you a, a lion. You protect my sheep. He battled that lion. He killed the lion. He kept the sheep safe. Then he said, you know what? Because of your obedience, David, even though that you're younger than all your other, bo- uh, all, all your other brothers, and although you've gotten overlooked, and they said, dude, you can't go to the battlefield, I want you to go slay a giant. This whole time, guys, God knew what was, was in store for David. And David started to get it. He started to pick up the pieces. He said, God, I've been created more than just a shepherd and more than just a warrior. God, I've been created to be a king. <laughs> guys, 
at a certain point, David finally realized that his past was so much bigger than him. He was training as a young boy and as a teenager to be a king. How powerful is that? That somebody in this room, Rylan, could be the next president of the United States. How cool is that? That my God has that much power over you. But let's not just harbor on David. Daniel and his three buddies. I did it first. I did great in the first service. We're gonna. This is biblical names, and I didn't name Ethan or Jessica. Okay, but we're gonna go after it. Daniel said, Daniel and his friends, his three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. All right, that was good stuff. That was good stuff. I'm not gonna do it again. I can't do it again. In saying this, those four were taken from their home out of their native land because the king at that time were looking for people to train up so that that, that they could tell him their future. He was looking for prophets. He was looking for uh, fortune tellers. He was looking for other religions and their gods. So that way when he had his dreams, somebody can interpret those dreams. Well, let me let me kind of get a little head in, the, in, in there. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they, they were part of the people where he said, you ain't doing it for me, so you're going to get in that fire. But because of, from the point that they left their house and knew what they were believing and knew God was God, they kept their faith. No matter what king was over them, they kept their faith. And when they got put in that fire, all they could do was say, get those guys out. Their God's way better than my God. That king ended up making those guys, those three wise men of that nation. You say, wait, you forgot the fourth. Well, who's the fourth? Daniel. Daniel went to the king and said, before you start to throw everybody in fires, and before you start to kill somebody, I had a dream about your dream. Let's talk about it. He said, but I need you to know something. My God is real, and my God is the one who's going to get you through everything. And if you don't believe in my God, it doesn't really matter. You know what he became? After he interpreted that dream, he fell to the floor and said, your God has to be real. He became the prophet to that king. How cool is that? From a youth, from just somebody small, taken from their home, never lost faith, and was training to be a prophet to the king. Moses was another example. Moses got sent down a river by his mother for protection. But again, God's plan was in motion. God's plan was such in motion that that baby floated down the river and ended up in royalty. And he was raised in royalty. As he was growing up, he felt something was off. He's not an Egyptian. As a teenager, as in his younger age, 
He starts to talk to God, but he didn't know how to do it exactly. But he said, these aren't my people. And God revealed to them, no, these aren't. You are a Jew. So God had brought Moses out of that place. But also put him into that place, but then took him out of that place. It said, now it's time to fulfill the promise I have for you. I kept you safe this whole time. And now it's time to now turn the generation, turn another generation of Jewish people and break them free. Now it's time for freedom. From a youth to where he started parting waters, he learned that God is only in control. And he had to learn it at a young age that he wasn't, it's not based on where you grew up. Right? Like, like they say right here, this is telling me about my generations. God says, no, it's not about where you grew up. It's about where I got you going to. You were a Jew from the beginning and you're a Jew now. How cool is that, guys? I'm almost done with my examples, but I've got to get to the last two. Samson. We have to have a bad with some good, right? Samson was kind of my hero in the Bible until I found out the end, right? Samson reminded me kind of myself. Back in high school, I had long hair. I was all muscly. All the girls liked me. No, not that part. But I was all muscly, right? I thought I could take on the world. Right? Samson, at an early age, at an early age, he had everything given to him that God could give to you. You, He had every gift of strength. He had all the power in the world. But instead of going the path that God had planned for him, he made a choice. And that choice was, I like the ladies on the other side of the fence. I'm not saying, girls, that you distract boys, but you distract boys. Right? Samson, his gifts, he wasn't happy in the gifts that God gave him. He wanted to see what was on the other side of the fence. It was that grass really greener. And all he got out of it was pain. How many of us adults have been down that road before? The guy that's standing up on the stage. I was a Samson for a little while. Right? You you, you had the right parents teaching you the right way. Right? You had things given to you. I went to Bible school. It took us a while to get here. Because of the life choices that we made. Thank God it didn't end up in pain and anguish. Right? But we did go through some stuff. Don't be a Samson. Hear that? Don't be a Samson. Okay. And last one, we want to end on a happy note with these teenagers in the Bible. You guys may have heard this lady, and Paul kind of touched on it a little bit. This lady's name is Mary. You say, Mary was a teenager? Yes, actually she was when, when, when the angel came to her. But listen how mature she was. Because I would have freaked out. Okay? First of all, these angels that are in the Bible aren't as pretty as these angels that are in the, like these magazines and like what you have up on like the pictures. These like, oh, angels. Like, these were scary things. Right? And so this angel approached Mary and said, listen, I need to tell you something. And she's like, okay, come on, give it to me. You're pregnant. Yeah, that's good. 
we don't do we didn't do that so because I'm not married and I don't have a boyfriend and I can't do things that they do so no that can't happen and you go no you're pregnant but I'm going to throw something on top of that you're pregnant with the son of God who's then in can turn save the world but I need you to take care of him until he's into his 30s at least so no pressure so us parents some of you that have already raised your kids and as we're raising ours we don't really have that much pressure on our shoulders that's kind of easy for us right we don't have to raise the son of god right but you better at least try to act like it yes i pointed you right Ryan's my troublemaker. I love him now. I want you to understand something, guys. Mary was so mature in her, her deal between Joseph and Mary getting married and raising Jesus and the other brothers. I want you to hear this clear because Paul said it earlier. Jesus saw four phases of his life. Or Mary saw four phases of Jesus' life. Birth, saw his ministry, saw his death, and saw his resurrection. She's stuck by Jesus as a teenager all the way straight through to see Jesus crucified on the cross for you and I. (laughs) And she saw the open tomb and said, you know what, he's gone. And that's when it completed the resurrection of Christ. From a teenager, guys. See, God didn't say, adults, you're too mature for, for this. I don't think that you'll be able to handle this. I don't think that you, I think you're too wise, adults. It had to come to a child. It had to come to a youth. Somebody that just didn't know any better. So tell me this generation that, that they try to call X, and then they, they call, call millennials, and they call Generation Z. Z, you aren't going to do anything if you don't have technology. God's called a generation of world changers. Jeremiah 1, 9 through 10, it says, The Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth. And Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have set you this day over the nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and to break down and to destroy, to overthrow, build up, and plant. Guys, this is where I'm going to come back to you adults. Some of us are newer in our, in our faith. I call this your baby years in your faith. Some of you guys are your teenage years of faith. God's got a destiny for you. Point number three is God's got a destiny for you. And all of you adults, it's not just the kids. Some of you guys know what your destiny is. God God gave you those gifts already, but you haven't fulfilled what the destiny of God is for you. He's got a path, right, written for every one of you adults. We've just gotten wiser in the years and we forgot about it, right? We forgot about those things that God had already put on our hearts. But for the youth, God says this, 
He said it to Jeremiah. I have put the words in my mouth. I mean, I put the words in your mouth. I have set out the plan. All you have to go do is do it. So that makes us a lot, that makes our job a lot easier, doesn't it? When we start taking this thing called life out of our hands and put it into God's hands, this life could be a lot easier. Instead of true in the struggles that we struggle and the way that we struggle. Teenagers, look to the adults. Make sure that you, make, you don't make the same mistakes that we made. Learn from your parents. Trust me, if we say don't do it, means don't do it because we did it and it was stupid, right? We shouldn't have done it. But we made that mistake. We were hard-headed. Don't be hard-headed. Don't do it. They'll save you a lot of pain. Adults, adult, young adults, listen to the gray-haired people in the room, okay? They've been through it before. I, I, I wish that would a couple times I would have listened to my parents. It would have saved me a lot of heartache and pain, a lot of less kicks in the butts, you know what I mean? God has a, play, a, plan, or a, place, a plan in place, and he's ready for you to do it. Seek God and he will lead you in all your steps and the words that you say. God's timing is good and you will do great things. The next quote I have on here is be world changers. God called you all to be world changers. The youth of today, you have a tool called the internet that we could never fathom. When, 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 I, was, when I was a young kid, Growing up, and I was a teenager, we had a computer, but it was called AOL. And it went, eee. I'm not going to save the world that way, okay? Right? God, God's not going to use me as a, as a tool through that computer because it would take him four days to get saved. But in saying this, guys, we use the internet, and the, I want you young kids to hear this. You guys use the internet as a tool to communicate. What are you communicating through that tool? When people are bullying people, are you bullying back? Or do you start to use that tool as a way of sharing Christ with those people? Showing love to those people. Don't say, don't, don't go back to what they say here, that you're going to be the most individualistic people. You could be world changers through a computer. And you could be a world changer through the school by talking to your friends. I don't care if they call you a Jesus freak. Because back in the day, I was called a Jesus freak. And you know what? I, I, I had the wrong term. My theology was so bad sometimes. But I was like, well, you're going to hell and I'm not. So whatever, right? And so it's like, that was really bad terminology, right? But the truth is, is I had to learn in my high school, toward the end, it was more of a, you don't know me, but why don't you come with me to church? Why don't you learn about this thing called God and about Jesus and how he saves? And see if you really make fun of me. If you do, that's your choice. But that's the choice that you make. And not I'm not going to tell you or send you to hell. Each one of you are world changers today. You adults. 
you start seeing my children doing something bad here. Justin actually brought up something the other day. I'm not going to say what the situation was, but let's just say one of my kids had a good talking to. Okay, because you know what? I'm not raising individuals. I'm not raising people that are entitled. And I'm not raising people to be mean. And But that's also on Justin. And, and I say thank you, Justin, for that. Because he was keeping my child accountable for something I didn't know about. And that's what I say to each and every one of you. You may not have teenagers. You may be past the age of raising your own teenagers. But if you see a child doing something that they're not supposed to be doing, go to their parents. And so we can keep them held accountable. Because that's what my Bible says. We shall raise up a child in his ways, right? And he shall do what? Right. What does this mean for us? First one is this. What is your identity? Is it what the world tells us? Or is your identity in Christ? What is your true identity? When you start to think deep about yourself, where has God gotten you and taking you from it? Where is God taking you to? What makes you you? What makes you individual? What gifts has God given you? What talents has God given you? That's what I mean about identity in Christ. Number two, what is the calling on your life? Everyone here has heard from God, one way or another. Some of them, some of you guys, you missed it. It went over your head, right? Some of us, we heard it three or four times, and we didn't want to do anything about it. God's got a calling on each one of your lives, whether it be a work, a, a boss at work, or whether it be a pastor, a prophet, a, right? An evangelist, right? God's got a plan for every one of you. Pray tonight. One of the things I, I talked to the first service is this. Pray tonight. Get on your knees, youth. Get on your knees tonight and ask God, what is my true identity? And what is my calling on my life? It starts now for you guys. Adults, get on your knees tonight when you're praying and ask God, what is my true identity in this? And also, what is my calling on my life? Is it to preach to Cleburne or is it to go to Africa? Or is it to do whatever you call me to do? And last one as the band comes up. Number three goes with number two. Are you ready to walk in your destiny? Are you ready to take on that destiny that God gave you? And are you ready to walk the walk? Each and every one of you guys, I love you. And I can see I'm losing some of you. But I'm telling you this right now. God didn't make you sit in these seats in Cleveland, Texas. God has made each and every one of you special. He's written, he's written down and said, I've making you a prophet to the nation. I've got my plan in place. Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, that, that you're a good God. Lord, let's not, not let make this about me, God, but make it all about you. I pray that your kingdom come, Father God, and your will be done, Father, on this earth, Father God, as it is to heaven. I pray, God, that you would just be with everyone in this place, God. That you would speak, Father God, individually to them as they pray to you. 
Lord, that they would hear another word, Father God, that they've never heard before. God, a powerful word that says, I'm going to be a world changer. I'm going to change the nation. I thank you for your kingdom, Father God, that's going to be changed through everybody in this place. And I thank you for the youth, Father God, that, that you gave us in the Bible. And I thank you for the youth, Father God, that are coming up, that for, Father can write their own story. Let's pray, God, that you just be with everybody in this place. In Jesus' name, amen.